Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Alice. Hey, Reza- now. Greg, what are you doing here? Hey, what do you mean? What I- Allison, where do you, you come from, Greg? I came from the world of childish, and I just want to make sure that your listeners know that you're just as wonderful on the, on the other podcast you do. What if they don't have kids? Don't need them. You don't need them. A lot of our listeners actually tell us they don't have kids. We talk about sex. We talk about all sorts of dirty stuff, but also parenting stuff. Yeah, so. Check out Childish, new episodes every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hi, <laughs> hello. I just, I opened the show differently than the way I've done it for the last, I don't know, 16 to 18 years. I decided to change things up. I've curled my hair today. Also something, I spend money to get my hair straightened. So what am I doing putting that curl back in? You guys, life is topsy-turvy. Anyway, for people who need the accurate introduction. Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I am very excited to welcome this upcoming guest. But first, I must chat with my producer, Tony Thaxton. It is now three episodes in a row, three quarantine Monday episodes in a row where you have returned to the show. Tony, how's it feel? Feels good. Feels like we're getting back in the swing of things. Um, we're getting we're getting closer and closer to the old days. I think I, know. I did have a. Uh, I got a little freaked out this week. Uh, what happened? I will. I will start the story by telling you, I am COVID free. Oh, good. I know this for a fact, unless the test was wrong. <laughs> but uh, I. Uh, well, first of all, I don't know if I've told you this. Uh, there are, I once again have a couple of family members that do have COVID. No, I know uh, that you had some family members, including a very old one and a very young one, really yeah. the bookends of life. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that that was going on like months ago, but my God, how big is your family? Well, I mean, that was more extended family. This is a little more, uh, close family. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, but everyone's doing okay. They're not like, they feel terrible, but mm-hmm. one of them is is kind of uh, recovering now, and one is still kind of out. But she's she's she'll get there. Like they're they're home; they're not hospitalized, right? Good. But uh, and then a couple nights ago, I think because of that, you know how like this past year, anytime you just cough, then you're like, oh my god, oh my god, I have it, I have it. Yes. Uh, so I think that combined with uh, the relatives having it the other day, I got a little freaked out. And then so I went and got myself tested, but I'm okay. Good. I'm okay. Good. Now you've had your first shot, which should be providing yeah. you some immunity at this point, right? But yeah. I I recently heard about someone's nanny who had had the first shot who got it. Now, all I care about is like, what was the timing of when she was exposed versus when she had the shot? But I don't know any of the people close enough to uh demand that they answer and put my mind at rest Mm -hmm. um but yeah well i'm glad you're negative thank you not that we're in the same i'll try and bring my negativity to the show today (laughs) 
Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to babble about <clears throat> how difficult it has been for me personally to figure out which new dishwasher I want. But suddenly that seems less important. Oh, no. Nothing's more important than that. You know, the way I heard myself say it and, and it came off like, oh, which fancy item do I want? And I don't mean it like that. I just mean, Tony, you've known me for a while. I'm going to put you I'm going to put you on the spot here, given that I do pay you to know me <laughs> as it should be. Um, how, how would you say I do with like indecision? Yeah, with like making decisions and just, you know, <laughs> overthinking things. Uh, well, just based on the fact that it seemed like you couldn't decide on how to phrase that question, <laughs> that kind of answers the question, I think. Okay, that's a real dodge. But that's not a, that's not a, I'm not, uh, I don't uh, fault you for it because I'm terrible about it myself. Here's the thing. I feel like I, okay, Bentley, you're super cute dog just walked into frame youtube.com slash allison rosen you can see tony's dog you can see my hair he likes um, to turn into a maniac as soon as we start he'll be <laughs> laying around he even went to the dog park today and he's now yeah, yeah now he has to be here oh, in the pre oh my god he's hovering in the pre-tony era at the very beginning with wendy we used to have her in the studio and then she made such a ruckus all the time uh, and the listener, I don't know if you know this about podcast listeners, but they can be pretty particular about things like people eating or dogs barking or scratching or anything like that. So then she became banished from from recording situations. Mm. Um, but anyway, what I was saying is I used to be terrible with making decisions. Um, I mean, like it was a real and but it was always small, stupid decisions. Like I would stand in front of a I needed a pad of paper, a notebook, and I would stand in front of the a notebook aisle in the grocery store. And I'd be like, am I the kind of person who has a green notebook? Or am I the kind of person who has, you know, a black notebook? Oh, my God pink sparkly i would never get that maybe i should get that this time it might allow me to, i might be you know i mean i would just spiral mm -hmm. and i feel like i have gotten a lot better a lot better which is why i believe what i heard you say is you're decisive and you're effective and i said thank you tony for recognizing that in me that's what just happened right yeah, is that not what I actually Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, you, you use different words, but that's kind of what okay. you meant. Okay, so I yeah, feel like I've gotten a lot for, uh... better. However, and just by the way, it is a little bit the Marie Kondo thing of like what sparks joy, except that's not the language. I just remember someone saying to me, like, pay attention to your energy. What happens to your energy? You know, so mm -hmm. now if it's like a very small, stupid decision, I'm just like, which one makes me feel good? I'm just going to go with that one. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But... But we are trying to get a new dishwasher because this house came with the world's worst used dishwasher. The people, so it was, I don't know if I've told you the history of this house. <laughs> I'm now, I'm going to, I'm be hosting an eight part series. It's going to look out Barack and Hillary with your podcasts and Bruce, because my history of <laughs> this house in Burbank Limited series is going to um, just blow up the – I hope the servers can handle it. Um, but anyway, it was uh, sold at auction. It was flipped by this company who, like, made it look really nice but did a lot of things on the cheap. And so the dishwasher has just been something that my husband has hated ever since we've moved in. I haven't loved it. Um, and 
it was you can buy recycled appliances. So like someone else, it has someone else's food crusted on it and it barely works at this point. So finally, the time has come to get a new dishwasher. And uh, something that they neglected to tell us, which I understand why, but it would have been nice, is like on their way out the door with our money if they had been like, oh, by the way, it's a non-standard dishwasher size. Fuck you, later. <laughs> so that's complicating everything. So it went from like we have all the options in the world, which was difficult, to now we have like very few options because it's this non-standard size. But at the same time, it's still somehow challenging and it's just taking up all my brain space. And I'm sorry that I just took up all everyone's ear space. But anyway, <laughs> that's what's going on. But I welcome this time to forget about my dishwashing woes because we have someone on the show who I actually met a while ago, and we will get into that. It is Danny Jollis. You have seen him on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, also Ithaca. He is a comedian, a writer, an actor, and he has a special called Six Parts, which he filmed in six different locations. It, and it's a very, very funny, and it came out this week, and it is available for free on YouTube and for money on other places i think no it's not i don't know i'm gonna find nobody should do that nobody should do that that is my personal thing welcome to the show danny jollis hey yay oh boy i'm so sorry i spoke too spoke early it is totally okay i appreciate i know that that i they send that they send that to people like you could watch for free or you could buy it and i'm like nobody's gonna do that we don't need to pretend I mean, you know, once once I threw it on YouTube, we all knew what the what, like that was my whole thing was like, let's just give this thing away, let's just make a good product and give it away in these times. And then they were like, well, we still should put it. And I was like, you can put it up there for money, but understand, I will never promote that. Well, then I wish I hadn't even tried to promote it. I'm sorry. No, it's me. Hello, guys. This is so lovely, Tony. I'm so sorry to hear about your family. That's uh, that's very stressful. It's a stressful thing. It is. It is. But Allison. Yeah. Hate to hear about the dishwasher situation. Thank you. (laughs) Can't stand to hear about it. I get that small, the smaller thing becomes an issue. That is like a real problem. It's weird. Because mm -hmm. like deciding where to go to college, deciding whether I should marry the man that I married, huge decisions, not hard for me. But it's the the ones that don't matter that really like uh, paralyze me. Well, because it's so, it's so like, you feel like it's negligible. You're like, ah, what's the real difference between a dishwasher? But then when you start looking at dishwashers, uh, I'm sure there's some big reasons. I mean, I'm sure there's some big differences. This is going to be something you're going to have for 10 years, eight to 10 years. Yeah. This is a 10 year decision. Do you want, we're looking at, we're looking at houses right now. Oh, you are. How's that? Now you're recently engaged. Yes. I am very recently. Congratulations. Tony play the play something. Maybe claps. Tony I don't know. Thaxton. That's- you know I have to. Every time you ask for something, I'm just going to play my name being sung. Congratulations on the engagement. Yes, congrats. Thank you so uh, much. I need to hear details, and I need to hear how the house hunting is going. I've heard the market right now is insane. It's, um, you know, because we, 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 we have a tiny place right now, and so we sold that, and it was great. What a great experience selling it was, because mm-hmm. it is a seller's market. Right. So we put this thing up. We got offers immediately. Boom. Like one weekend done. Wow. And now we're entering the buyer's side. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, it's not not good. 
not good. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to have to really fight for a place. Now, this place that you're in right now, which looks very lovely, is this the place that you sold? This is the place we sold. Oh, wow. So you sold a place before you had a new place. That makes me frightened. It makes me frightened, but what made me more frightened, and keep in mind I'm terrified of okay. everything, but what made me more frightened was the premise of finding a place, buying a place, and then being like, okay, well, now we obviously have to sell this place and nobody wanting it, yes, and, and then, then us having, having a, two places. Right. So how does it, this work then? Do you have to be out by a certain day? Yeah. And we're just going to be vagabonds for a couple months? You'll find we'll something, yeah. Um, There's always an actor in Canada. There's always someone. That's right. Uh, so how how long do you have? We have like weeks. This place is chaos. Like right now, my camera. This is like the. This is truly the most Hollywood thing, where it's like you create a situation that looks lovely. Like it looks lovely. What a it lovely does. apartment. It's, it's and, neat. It's tidy. You've got books. Oh, you've got stuff on the neat, walls. What a neat, tidy place. And if I just were to take this camera and just start <laughs> sliding <laughs> oh you over God. to the chaos. But that's not what we see. We just see this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a nightmare to my right. What was all that? <sighs> I don't even know. She's moving stuff. <laughs> Things are moving. <laughs> I, I don't know. All I know is it is... It is, you know, it's exciting to sell, but then it was very, it's so quick. It's so fast how quickly you're like, so exciting. What do we do with everything we've ever bought? Right. Uh, particularly when we don't have a place it's going to yet. Yeah. <sighs> We're going to figure it out. <laughs> It'll be okay. It'll be okay. It'll be fine. So let's At least talk- moving is fun. It is. <laughs> that was sarcasm. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited about it because I think at the end of the day, it's all going to go. I, I don't own anything. I I don't I don't own stuff really. So as a result, it's very easy for me. I'm like I could live out of two I could live out of a suitcase for a year. Mm-hmm. So I'm not worried about that. For her it's going to be brutal. I feel terrible for her. This is going to be a very tricky time. But for me, put it in a box, put it in a place, see it in a year. Is this do you actively try not to own stuff? Cuz I just you gather know, stuff. I collect I it. know. Well, you know, there's you ever have something in your life where you're like, this is just like a fun thing about me. And then you start like dating somebody for a while and they're like, oh, it's very obviously from like a past thing. A past trauma, you mean? Yeah. Like that's very obviously a past trauma thing. And you're like, oh, I thought it was just like a quirk of mine. Yeah. And they're like, no, it's a past trauma. Um, Yeah. I don't own anything. I've never owned things. I don't value. Possessions do nothing for me. Mm. Uh, And, you know, when I started dating my fiance, I was like, yeah, just don't own things. It's cool. It's a fun thing about me. And then, like, after a while, she was like, she was, I was like, yeah, it's fun. She's like, your house burned down as a child. You obviously oh, don't yeah. care about possessions because you lost all your possessions when you were, when you were in middle school. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's for sure what caused this. Right. That's why I don't value things. Isn't that weird? There you go. So I just don't own. So I just don't own anything. So what happened with the house burning down? Oh, good times. We, uh, <laughs> it's like, no, it's like, it's what, it's honestly like the, f- it's so funny how when you live through something like that, it's so quickly because it was just so crazy. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, you're not dealing with any of the serious stuff. You're just dealing with the like, this is a wild ride. Um, my mom is a paper artist. So she has, this- she's in, does incre- incredible work. Um, 
and she uh, she makes beautiful stuff. But there was a room in our house that was wall to wall paper. Mm-hmm. The All most flammable fucking room. If you were to draw up a way to have a fire in your house, you couldn't do it better than have a room just made of Kindle. <laughs> and she, uh, an electrical malfunction occurred. And we don't really know what caused it, but it like wasn't. It was just like electric. And a spark flew out. It like hit a piece of paper, spread, and within like minutes, it was just like oh man, that place. It was like gone. So like the we had two floors, and like top half was like literally like a bomb went off, Mm. and then the bottom half was just like smoke damage. So the structure held because it was like a a, it was back in Virginia, and they have like they built nice things, so it's like a brick house, Mm -hmm. but. In the top floor, I remember like the top floor just like looking in and being like, oh, it was like a bomb. Mm. It was wild. Were, were you not home? I sure wasn't. I uh, I was at school. And so. Was, your, was anyone to, home? My mom was. Oh, and so she, it was actually good because she's probably the one who, because it's like true. It's like my dad actually was like, it was because he, my dad would have tried to fight the fire. Mm-hmm. you know my dad would have been like it's okay and like my mom was smart enough to see it and just be like not a chance mm-hmm. and just like call the fire department and then we got uh, you know she got all the animals out just like it just happened and then i came home with like a ve- got a very weird voicemail mm-hmm. just being like go to the neighbor's house when you come home and then came home and i was like i remember like I remember because they told they was like they were like there's a fire go to the neighbor's house, and I was like all right, but that was like all I knew. And so Mm -hmm. I remember turning the corner and seeing the house, and being like, oh, it's fine, because you didn't see any damage on the outside. Yeah, it just was. It was you know it wasn't ash. I was like seems fine. And then I remember there was like still four fire trucks there, Mm. and I was like that's a lot. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of fire trucks. Yeah, too many. That was it. Boom. And your room had been upstairs? My room was downstairs, so oh. I just had bad smoke damage. Um, but I – this is so heavy. I'm so sorry I brought That's it. A, no, I do – this is what I do. I love it. I love to – I have no – it is like no baggage from me towards okay. it. So it's like I'm fine talking about it. Okay, I love Actually, I like talking about it because I don't think a lot of people talk about going through a fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's something a lot – yeah. I've had um, so many guests, and I think you might be the first house fire guest. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, it's good. <laughs> Tony, play that noise. <laughs> Tony Thaxton. There it is. It's the classic fire noise. Yeah. Does that remind you of what you heard that day? And you were I like, but I, that. I don't even know who that is. One day it'll make I remember, sense. <laughs> I remember sitting out there, and the firemen were running around, and I just remember hearing, Tony Thaxton. And we're going, it's going to be okay. Yeah. It's going to be okay. Like, it's weird. It sounds like living the living spaces commercial, <laughs> even though I don't think I've seen that yet. Tony Thaxton, which sounds like a famous person's name, but it isn't quite right, mm-hmm. I would have said at the time. But mm-hmm. then Tony Thaxton. Right. Um, were items of yours damaged? Do you remember? Like, are there things yeah, that you everything. wish? Yeah, yeah. So basically what they do. So for me, a fireman, I like – he like gave me a box and he was like, you're going to go in with me. Mm. We're going to go down to your room and you're going to grab what you can't live without because everything else in here is going to go into these like ozone chambers where they're going to try to pull the smoke off. So there's a chance they get the smoke damage off. There's a chance it doesn't work. Mm. Um, 
because smoke damage is like impossible to remove, brutal mm-hmm. to remove smoke damage. And so I, I went in with this uh, fireman and I went down to my room and I had a little box and, uh, and I just like grabbed the dumbest shit <laughs> ever. I like completely choked. I grabbed, first off, I grabbed books for school, literally the stupidest thing. Mm. Um, that on the, uh, and then I grabbed like, I had these baseball cards, these APBA baseball cards. It, it, and for some reason, I was like, this will be a good activity. I've literally played the game probably three times. And I was like, <laughs> this is smart. Uh, that took up like half the box. It was just dumb stuff. I just didn't, it was just like, I just was grabbing things, mm-hmm. you know? wrestling figures being like this is good is there stuff that you like do you play that in your head is there stuff that you wish you had got instead i definitely wish i hadn't gotten the books the books was the one that i remember like a did like two hours later at the neighbor's house being like books i don't even own the books (laughs) that's why you grab them (laughs) it's the public school's books why would i grab these like i was so mad because i will tell you the best part about having a fire is you have an excuse for years. Mm. Everything. I rode that thing through all of high school. Like how? Happened in ninth grade, all of high school. I rode, it be, It was senior year. And they'd be like, you turned in homework late. And I'd be like, I had a fire. <laughs> and I just want to remind everyone about that. And they'd be like, okay, turn it in tomorrow. <laughs> like I rode the fire excuse for years. Mm-hmm. We, we literally, it was a rat, we would talk about as a family, the fire card. We would play the fire card constantly but yeah it is a true upside so oh it's a huge upside did you as a kid if you're not dealing with the financial stuff yeah did your parents stay or did you guys stay in that house no we were out of the house for a year took us a year to get back in wow we uh stayed at the neighbor's house that night then we moved into a hotel which we lived in for like a month was that was that fun because the child part of me is like ooh, that sounds kind of cool and that's what I remember thinking it would be. I remember, <laughs> I, I literally remember being like, this is going to, you know, because because I, I really have like a very optimistic way of being, mm-hmm. I think, which is pretty, certainly rare for a comic, but rare as a human. But like, I'm pretty like, all right, I'm going to figure this thing out. So I remember kind of bringing that attitude like, all right, you know, this isn't ideal, but like we can get through this. And I remember being like, all right, hotel, living in a hotel. The problem was, so everything's through fire insurance. Mm-hmm. And so what they did was they put us in a, a suite as a family. It was five of us. So my parents had one room. My sisters had another room. And then I had the middle, mm, which like I was excited about. Cause, couch. Mm-hmm, which I was excited about because I was like, oh, I have the TV. But uh, it turns out that that's a nightmare. <laughs> and so I hated that. I hated not having my own space. Mm-hmm. And then the hotel, like, it's just like. It's just weird. It just was weird. It was like kind of fun, but like pretty quickly wore off. Then we moved to a rental house. Nightmare house. Why? Horrible. Because nobody cares for it. Oh. Because it's a rental house. So the people who owned it didn't give two shits about this house. And we didn't give a shit about the house. Mm -hmm. And so everything was broken it's not your house. There was this, we had these bees. Oh God. We had these bees. It was the craziest thing. These bees would come in for those of you watching on video this big. It's I mean, like, like a 
silver dollar size bee, but in a bee shape. Yeah. Biggest bees I've ever seen in my life. But they were super slow, and they would come in through this one spot in the brick, and there'd be about five a night would come into the living room. This like, sounds like a, a, a horror movie. It was, but they were so slow. They had their zombie also, bees. Also, when I tell you they were the easiest bees in the world to hit, I, you lost, they were, the first night, it, like, they came in, it was like, oh my God. And then by like night three, my dad and I, because it would happen at like nine o'clock every night, my dad and I would literally like get pumped. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd be like, let's go, bee time. And we'd grab our tennis rackets and we would, I would tee off on these bees. With a tennis racket? That's how big they were? Yeah, because it's big. Well, no, because I just, I'm not that good with a baseball bat, you know? Gotta, oh. Gotta have a bigger, uh, sorry. No, it's only because I'm bad at baseball. Uh, needed a bigger target. Despite your baseball cards in your box, but. I know, you think it's, so. But I'm just thinking like the lattice work of strings, how would, how would you actually get the Oh, yeah, bee? no, they, they were big. They were big enough to, that they never went through it. You would always hit it. Interesting. Tony, they were huge. You huge. grew up in Virginia. Did you know about Danny's did fire? Did you really, Tony? Uh, well, I did. I didn't grow. I lived there high school and then a little beyond them. So, where'd you live? Uh, just outside of Richmond, in uh, Mechanicsville, okay. is the town. Where did you live? <laughs> so fun. I lived in Fairfax County. Okay, but I went to Governor's School. At the University of Richmond, which I don't know if you knew about that summer program that they Virginia because they have heard such uh, so Virginia has such shitty arts for public school kids. They have this program where you can audition and you can get in, and they'll give you a free summer at like a beautiful university where they just like let you do your art. Oh wow! So I did this governor's school thing at the University of Richmond, but government paid. My parents have never been more proud of me as an actor than that period of my life when I got a free summer at the University of Richmond. It was awesome. So did you know that you wanted to perform young? Yeah. Yeah. We used to, that was like the big, I I knew very early I wanted to do this. Mm -hmm. And like my parents were incredibly anti it. What did they do? Mom's an artist. Oh, right. And my dad is a professional speaker. So you would think they'd be so on board. You would. I would. You would. But they both managed – the problem was they both managed very intelligently to do their art in a very um, practical manner. It's like my mom's an artist, but she was an art teacher mm-hmm. a lot of my childhood. She sort of figured out a way to like be an artist but make a, a salary. Mm-hmm. My dad is like an incredible performer, incredible speaker. But he does a lot of sales training and a lot of like – he gets hired by companies to like give these presentations where he teaches mm-hmm. them how to sell. Sort of like Jordan Belfort at the end of Wolf of Wall Street is the best example I can give of what my dad does. Um, and so the both of them basically figured out a way to take their thing they were good at in the arts and do it very practically. Mm-hmm. So when I was like, I just want to tell jokes, they were not on board. Really? They hated it. Are your sisters, yeah. are your sisters older? Younger. Younger. Okay, because I was going to – I was going to say, like, had your sisters pay, uh, already done sensible things, and but no, you were the first one. Well, unfortunately, I was this this rogue one. I was rogue, and <laughs> I had such promise early. I had such like I was such a good like Jew as a kid. So they were like really hopeful. Good Jew they in what? Really hopeful. like in what way? Oh, I was so good at I was so good at Hebrew school. Mm. I dominated Hebrew school. Did they want you to be a rabbi or something? They did. 
And I thought I was, I, I remember my bar mitzvah. I was like, I think I'm going to be a rabbi. <laughs> like, I was like, I was like, I'm either going to be a comic or a rabbi. Uh huh. And then sports agent entered the picture for a second. And then we went comic. Did sports agent enter the picture around the time of Jerry Maguire? Or were it I, sure <laughs> did. It, <laughs> what if I told you it's exactly what you think happened? <laughs> that would, that would track for me. Um, yeah. Okay. So your parents were not particularly supportive. How do they feel now, though? So good. So on board. So supportive. They, it was never, yeah, it was never that they weren't supportive. They just didn't like the idea of me doing this as a kid. Mm-hmm. And then when I got into NYU, they were like, I had to double major. That mm-hmm. was the only way I could go there. So I double majored. In. And that bought me that time. And then when I graduated, basically, you know, I just was like, and I, t- I tell this to like kids, young kids who are like thinking about going to the arts where I'm like, look, a very good idea, and I recommend it, is get is actually focus on getting a day job first and foremost. Get a day job because if you can get a day job and support yourself, your parents can't say shit to you. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. I just graduated NYU. I got a job. And I just like clung to the job and nobody could say anything to me. What and was so, the, what was the job? <laughs> I worked at a company called Adafruit, which I'd imagine a couple people listening to this know. But for those of you that don't, it's a it's because it's a niche company. They do open source electronics. Um, and there's a woman called Lady Ada who's like very big in that world. And she has this company. They build these like kits mm-hmm. that people buy to create electronic things. That is, after working there for probably three years, the maximum I understood. (laughs) (laughs) I knew nothing. I couldn't, but but the job was, I would just put, this is all I do all day. I put 50 red solo cups out on a table and I have a list of components Mm. and I just put each component in each cup and I do the next component and I take the cups at the end and I pour them into a bag. And I'd do that, and then I'd just do it again. I would do that all day long, every day. And they loved me. It was the best company to work for. They loved me because I, you know, everybody else, like, was into that stuff who worked there. Mm -hmm. So they'd, like, ask questions and be like, oh, what is that? I would just be like, literally, what's on the sheet? That's what I put in here. If you put... It, if you put a pile of turd on this sheet of paper, I'm putting that in the thing. I don't know what we're making. I love I what, no clue. What they loved about you was your lack of curiosity. They loved it. I wasn't intimidated <laughs> by her because she's sort of a celebrity in that world. Wasn't intimidated by her at all because I was like, D- no clue, mm-hmm. no clue what you do. Uh, like I was just a great employee. I love that company. It's like the same oh. job as if you were making gift baskets. It was yeah, kind of. Yes, it was, it, <laughs> selecting yes, items and put putting them in a thing. Just I, easy, yeah. Ada, and, and the last name is, or the last second word of the company is fruit. Ada fruit. Yeah, A D A fruit. I've never heard of this, but now I, I mean, I got to see what she looks like. What does she Plugged look like? To lady, Lady Ada. She looks, she looks great. She looks like a, she looks like a, a lovely woman who's like, she's, a, she's like a lovely woman who looks very normal and 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 like. But is just a genius. She's a genius with electronics. She really is like, from what I could tell, and again, I couldn't have understood less. She was massive in this world. Uh-huh. Like they were like we had a thing of like, be aware. People sometimes try to like come to the office to meet her. So it was like we always had to like kind of be a little protective of her, which I remember being 
again, so then people would be tr- constantly trying to get the job there because they wanted to meet her. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, again, just the best employee because I was like, don't care. All right. She's I'm great. looking her up. Yeah. So far, all that's come up is like terminals and, and computer things. Uh, Look up see. Lady ADA. Let's see if I can find her. Okay. I mean, Lady ADA sounds like an electronic artist. Yep. Yep. Lamorf. Lady. There she oh, is. wait. No, because what I'm seeing is this her, Lemore Freed. Yep, that's her. She's young and hip looking. I didn't expect this. Oh yeah, she's young. I told she's you she's got like, she's like normal. shocking she's... pink hair. Uh, for some reason, and Tony, I need to know if you also had this. Like Lady Ada to me is 65 and has a beehive. <laughs> Tony, <laughs> what yeah, were you picturing? I, uh. Yeah, definitely older. Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting young and hip. I don't right. think I had That's any like, thing. super elaborate this, mental picture. She's like a phenom in the world. In the world of Apparently. open source electronics, which none of us know what that is, pretty much. None of us know what it is. Like, is this something that appeals? But, but, but the people who do know what it is are yelling at their phone right now, and they will be leaving me Oh, people messages. used to call to me and be, like, okay. be like, you work with, with her? Like, do you know her? And I'm like, yeah, I know her. They'd be like, oh, my God. I'd be like, I... I feel nothing. <laughs> I mean, she's just my boss. And she's, I was like, yeah, she's super nice, you know, and she, she's very, it was great. We had the best relationship. Her. She was so cool to me because she just, I just didn't care and she didn't care. It wasn't like she gave a shit about my mm-hmm. comedy. Like we both were just like, and I also, they were the best. It was the best company to work for because they knew, they knew I wasn't there to be like in this world. Mm-hmm. I was just a young comic and I was like just busting my ass at open mics every night. And that was like my day job and they just couldn't have been more. I remember they would let me, I get auditions and they would just be like, leave, get out of here. Go ahead. Just make up your hours at some point. They so were the nice. best. It was the best, best company to work for. How did you know when it was time to, uh, to shuffle off? <sighs> I just sort of stumbled. I like, I, I had visited LA a couple of times because I liked acting. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I, I know at some point I got to bite the bullet and go to LA because New York has four TV shows <laughs> and most of them are, are CSIs, which I'm not great for. Right. And, and 30 like, Rock. And I, had 30 and Rock. And 30 Rock at the 30 Rock at the time. Oh, I was trying so hard to get on 30 Rock at the time, but I wasn't good at acting. That's an important, that's an, no, at acting I was okay, but at stand up I was bad. Oh, okay. Still. So, and that's you know kind of how you get in there. Well, um, let's go back for one second, just because I got because yeah. I've got to close this loop. What were the two things you majored in at NYU? Theater and political science. Okay, thank you. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> we can, we we are now cleared to move on. Okay, so then good, good, good. You do your day job with this young hip fruit lady. And you're going on auditions and you're doing stand up at night and you're good at acting, but you're not good at stand up, says you. Mm-hmm. But at this point, yeah, says everyone at this point, says everyone. <laughs> were you? Well, look, we can't interview everyone right now, so I'm not sure. Oh, I, I'll just have to take your word for it. I've got plenty of college roommates that'll tell you. <laughs> I got a, I got a, I got a John and an Alex and a Daigo who would tell you they went to so many shows and I'm terrible. A John, terrible and Alex, looking. and a Daigo. Now, see, the Daigo came from out of left field because I, I was expecting it was just going to be like standard John standard Doe white names. guy names. Yes, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Sure. And then, and then. 
A, a curveball, a Daigo. Didn't see that coming. My roommate, anywhere. my roommate, all through my time in New York, Daigo, best. What's he doing now? He still works at Adafruit. Really? <laughs> yeah. For real? I think so. I haven't I checked love that. It, but I think so. Oh, it's the best. Co- I mean, this company, their their ability, their retention rates are through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> well, at one time they hired all of, basically my one of my room one of my roommates Brian was their second employee ever maybe third and so he just slowly hired each of us mm. as we graduated college because the company was expanding tremendously so i was like their fifth employee ever if i was still at that company i'd make so much money if i like i would you still be filling the, cups or would you be doing something more i feel like i would have started managing because they want i remember there was like talk of like if you like if you ever want to you could move up here because i was good i'm a very good um jew i'm very good at following orders jew basically (laughs) i'm good at following orders (laughs) (laughs) i said change my mind (laughs) basically though you know like if you tell me to do something i would just do it yeah so i was like and i'm and i don't yell or get upset i'm pretty good at like keeping calm Mm -hmm. so as a result i was like pretty great employee and then like for that like as because that when i started it was like two of us doing the cup thing by the time i left there were probably like 10 cup people probably another like 10 to 15 are running the shipping department it was mm-hmm. the company got huge we had like two floors by the time i left started in one room by the end it was two floors in this warehouse fascinating you know you know how earlier i said i was going to do a limited podcast on the history of my house i've decided yeah. instead i'm going to explore eight of fruit it's going to be eight episodes well let me tell you episodes uh, three through eight are going to have to not involve me because I don't know what happened once I left other than they were doing great and they're still going. You know, you're just the friendly voice that gets us into the story. Of course. And it's just going to start with the sound of like clinking, like little mm-hmm. electronics clinking. And that's the sound of stuff dropping into plastic cups. And that's probably oh, yeah. what I'll say. Like, that's the sound of electronics dropping into plastic cups. How'd they get there? Okay. How'd they start this? Is it really fruit based? <laughs> Let's find out. Just this season on, mm-hmm. and um, then they start playing a little music fruit. in the background. Yeah, they start playing like mm-hmm. yeah. And you're like, here we go. Here comes a podcast that should have been three episodes. That's gonna be eight. <laughs> <laughs> that's every podcast. <laughs> okay, so um, were you more interested in acting or stand up at this point, or did you have a preference? The point at which so you act- decided to move. So, well, there's, so there's two different points. Acting was my focus in college. Mm-hmm. Right as I'm graduating college, I discovered that if you don't connection, have connections to Hollywood, you can't uh, work. Mm-hmm. And it isn't, like, it isn't like I wasn't doing well in auditions. It was like you can't audition mm-hmm. if you don't have connections out of the gates. So pretty quickly I was like, wow, I learned a skill and I can't. I better yet not book it like better yet when like and it drives me nuts like celebrities like I remember I just couldn't book and I'm like but you were even auditioning you Mm -hmm. don't even know it took me years and years and years to get Mm -hmm. to auditioning and I still to this day have to fight to get into rooms Mm -hmm. still have to beg my reps like please get me in this room please 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 um I couldn't get in rooms and I was doing stand-up like two to three times a week Mm -hmm. which is not enough, mm-hmm. not even close. And then my friend was like, do you want to go see this? This guy's taping a special at the NYU Theater, Skirball. 
I've never heard of the guy. He was in 40-Year-Old Virgin. And I was like, I guess. And I was third row for Kevin Hart's first special. Oh, wow. And it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And I just remember sitting there being like, I have no clue if this guy has any connections to the business. But that was undeniable. Mm -hmm. Like what he just did was an undeniable thing. And the next day I like basically was like, fuck acting. We're doing stand up. Mm. I started busting my ass to stand up, working at Ada Fruit. And then I keep going out to LA to visit, but I'm not yet. I'm too afraid. Mm -hmm. And I finally come out here for like a quick thing. And uh, I book a Coca-Cola commercial. Oh, wow. Cool. And that I was like, I live here now. And then the Coca-Cola commercial went badly oh but uh who cares about that so anyway no tell me about that (laughs) (laughs) it's a visual story so i don't know if you would be able to show it visually but maybe you can edit it in afterwards because i can send you the footage okay i think we can can, do that can we do that can we do that or can i try to can i try to screen share it i don't i because it because it will it will well i'll just describe it and if you can yeah describe it and then and then send it Whatever it is to us, and then we'll um, yeah. do something magical. With See it. if you can, because okay. I'm perfectly happy to tell. So, um, and I hope I don't get in trouble, but it's been years. Yeah. Um, I booked this Coca Cola commercial when I come out here. It is called A, they're basically building ahh.com through 30 H's. And each one is a different website with different games and activities. And it was this huge digital campaign. This was like massive. And they were like, we need it's this one character, the scientist that's going to take you through all these different factories. These commercials are going to be everywhere. And I booked this role out of this this casting director named uh, Lisa, who was like the best, mm-hmm. like fought me in. She was literally the only casting director I'd ever met out here. And she fought me in. I booked this role and I filmed this thing where I have this lab coat on and I talk about and it's like all that. And I filmed like three, com- four commercials, one super long one. They build an entire Coca-Cola factory for me. Wow. I'm like, this is crazy. The amount of money is wild at the time to me. Six I've figures? I've never made a- Five figures. No, but five figures and a consistent yeah. throughout the year. I, it just as long, as long as literally I exist in these commercials, I'm just going to keep getting this. So I'm like, okay, I'm- good i've mm-hmm. got a job yeah and this is I, and and by the way this is my first time and i'm doing great and there and i remember when i booked it they like kept asking me quite they like knew everything about me by the time i showed up they knew everything i'd ever done and they were so excited and i film it it's great we're communicating a lot me and the company because they're like get ready blah, blah blah and then i just like stop hearing from them oh, and no. i'm like that's weird it's concerning yeah but I'm following Coca-Cola on social media and they keep posting articles of places being like, get ready for this new Coca-Cola campaign. It's going to change digital marketing. So I'm like, I know it's coming. Mm-hmm. And then one day I'm on Facebook and I just see meet the Coca-Cola scientist. Oh. And I click on the link and I swear to God, I will show it to you afterwards. If nothing else, it is my, it is me sitting there taking you through the factory and walking through the factory but they have put a cartoon polar bear's head <laughs> over <laughs> my head 
and cartoon polar bear arms <laughs> over my arms. I'm sorry. But have kept my human body. <laughs> so it is this strange cartoon, half human, half cartoon polar bear with a new voice taking you through the factory. At no time do you see my face, hear my voice. I am no longer recognizable in the commercial and lose everything. And I was like, it, and it looks terrible. It sounds terrible. Mm. I have no clue who made this call. It is one of the most insane things I've ever seen. And that was my that was my coming to Hollywood experience. Wow. <laughs> What's your like what what is your sense of what happened? Were they like this human isn't working? We we need a polar bear or I have fought for years. And if anybody is listening to this and worked on the campaign, get in please touch. Tell me what happened because I have wanted because literally I remember it, they post on YouTube and the first comment was like, what is with the human? Bo-? Like, it looks <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Like, it looked so weird. I can only imagine I obviously either did a bad job acting or wasn't the right look. I don't know what happened. Something went wrong. And they like they just obviously like panicked and were like let's salvage this campaign Mm. but it was bad it looked bad were you asking your reps at the time if they could find out i mean i guess all i had was a commercial all i had was a commercial agent at the time and her name is laura i still work i still i still rep by her laura Mm -hmm. she's a wonderful lady but like what's she supposed to do we like hey his feelings are hurt like it's (laughs) like you know it's like it's not her job to like make me she just was like i don't know like and also I, you know, initially out of the gates wasn't telling too many people, yeah, because uh, I was like it's pretty humiliating. But as time went on, I was like, man, right. Mm. You know what I think would have helped you probably mm. if you could have spoken with someone about it. Um, this podcast <laughs> is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're feeling depressed or struggling with relationships or having difficulty sleeping or meeting your goals. Or you have found that you have been recast as a partially animated polar bear. BetterHelp Uh offers online professional counselors who can listen and help. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And you can start communicating under 48 hours. Um, I know that people who are wanting to start therapy of late have been having trouble finding therapists. And I have been saying to them better help go to better help uh for all the reasons i have said and will keep saying um but friends of the show ali ward and greg fitzsimmons uh have very positive things to say about better help and i do not feel bad about revealing that because it was on podcast that i discussed better help with them and they told me about their experiences um so i have to tell you there's a solid chance i actually do that because i'm in, literally in the middle of of talking about how i think i need to like because I'm a big like therapy only when you need it guy. Oh, and so I've been out of it for a while, and then uh, this pandemic, yeah. uh, I'm like, you know, it uh, might be time, might be time to uh, retalk. I I recommend BetterHelp, and I will tell you uh, huh. if you have the concern that I think a lot of people starting up with a new therapist have, which is, well, what if I don't like the person that I have been matched with? I don't want to be committed. How do I get out of that? They let you change therapists as many times as you want, no extra charge until you find the right fit. So it's really... That's great. 
It's great. It is great. Uh, all of our listeners get 10% off their first month of online therapy at betterhelp.com slash best friend. Visit betterhelp, that's better, H-E-L-P.com slash best friend and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced BetterHelp professional. So again, that is betterhelp.com slash best friend. And then also, if you are trying to recover from a bad, from a commercial that has gone awry <laughs> or just life. This is, this segue is going to be less smooth than possible, but I just want to talk I about. I think we're going to make it, we're going to make it work. We're, we're going to make thank it work. You. you are a positive person. I'm pretty positive. Yeah. I just want to talk about Brooklyn and they make the most comfortable sheets, the best comforters. Both Tony and I use their towels and I sleep exclusively on Brooklyn and sheets, except I recently tried out a different set of sheets and I did not sleep well. And also the heat I've talked before, the heating pad that I was using broke. So I was ascribing my inability to sleep to that. But I think it's also the the sheets. I just I'm I just only sleep look, I'm saying it here and I'm gonna make it so. I only sleep on Brooklyn and I'm gonna go back to what I was doing before, which is wash the sh- the Brooklyn sheets, put them right back on the bed. I shouldn't have let an interloper get in because it messed me up. But Brooklyn and their luxury sheets at an affordable price, they're made really well, they're really comfortable. You will sleep better on them than whatever you're currently sleeping on. And uh, their comforters are super great as well. Uh, look, Brooklyn and creates beautiful, high-quality bedding and home essentials. They work directly with manufacturers to give you a fair price. No middleman, no markups. Their comforters come in lightweight, all-season, and ultra-warm to suit every type of sleeper and lifestyle. There's even a weighted comforter option for stress relief. They also offer a variety of materials, including an eco-friendly recycled down alternative and Brooklyn linens comforters pair perfectly with our sheets pillows and duvet covers treat yourself to ultimate comfort with brooklinen's comforter collection go to brooklinen.com and use promo code bff to get $25 off with a minimum purchase of $100 that's brooklinen b r o o k l i n e n.com and enter promo code bff for $25 off with a minimum purchase of $100 that's brooklinen.com promo code bff brooklinen.com promo code bff okay and we're back. All right. I feel like I liked just, it. Thank you. And we're still early on in the Danny Jollis story. Okay, so you come out to LA, you have your bad commercial experience, and then bad what happened? Commercial. We're not doing great. What happened then? All right, so we're in LA. We're we, commercial goes bad, but start booking a lot of commercials. Actually, that's how I like initially. I'm like kind of supporting myself off commercials mm-hmm. while I'm doing like. Stand up every night, just grinding at stand up. Like stand up's my my thing, uh, but I'm like I'm gonna, you know. But I'm doing. I'm, I keep booking commercials, bad ones, usually being attacked by animals. Was one of, <laughs> I was attacked by many animals in commercials. That's one of my specialties. Like real uh, animals, a, or someone dressed as an animal. Sometimes real. I did a commercial with a bull. Oh my god. Uh, then I did a commercial with. I was attacked by bees, not real bees. They added them in afterwards, but. You know, Still. the acting, you would you would never have known. Right. Uh, I was attacked by penguins in a commercial. Uh, but not real penguins. Real penguins for that one. You got to act with real penguins who attacked you? And let me tell you, penguins, it turns out, are 
vicious. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, they're really vicious. It was uh, it was this commercial for. I always said it was Mike's Hard Lemonade, and it turns out it wasn't Mike's Hard Lemonade. It was some other alcoholic thing like that that I was wrong about. I literally was doing the commercial incorrectly at the time. I thought it was for a different company. Uh, it's like very recently somebody was like, they're not, it's like a subset of Mike's Hard Lemonade, but it's like not them. Okay. I was like, well, saying that wrong for years. Um, <laughs> but it was a commercial where I get attacked by penguins and the penguins are so vicious that they're very cute though. Mm. Oh, they're so cute because they're very, uh, they're like a little family. There was like six of them on set and they, they're all buddies. And oh they don't God. like to be separated. So anytime one would be taken out of the pen, the other five would lose their mind and like cling to each other. And then when you put that one back in, they'd all like engulf each other and just start like talking. It's very <laughs> cute. And That's and so anywhere cute. one goes, they all try to go. Yeah. It's adorable. But they're vicious. So they would have to do shots where they would have me act, lock off the cameras, and then they would put the penguins around me with me off out of the shot. That's uh, how okay. mean they were. And then they did a shot at the very end where they wanted a penguin on top of me because they finally like take me down. Mm. And they literally had to like cover my face with like a safety blanket. <laughs> like and like sh- they like shot my head with no penguin. And then they covered my face and like held this penguin on top of me. So I couldn't see it. All I would hear is them be like, okay, we're putting the penguin down. And I just like <laughs> smashing on my chest. And I just feel like just be like I'm terrified and that was it and that was that was my experience with penguins this sounds like some were... weird kind of torture situation now the plot of this commercial <clears throat> why are they attacking you they want your lemonade uh no i was shot out of a cannon uh by some guy a, a guy in his garage was experimenting and he shot me out of a cannon i landed in antarctica and mm. then the penguins attacked me it was never very clear what it was but I've got a real, I've got a really wild reel of commercials. It sounds uh, like it. I've done a lot of commercials. I'm very, I'm very good at commercial acting. Congratulations! What you're do you? Wh- if you're looking what for is, a guy to sell, yeah, yeah. What do you think it is? What about you is so commercial? I think that they're. I like to take big swings in general with acting. I'm like, if we're going to do it, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And so. With commercials in particular, there's this real feeling, I think, of like, oh, if this if this works, it's just like, like, oh, that's a funny thing he did. Him. Mm-hmm. And versus like sometimes with TV and film where I think there's a little bit more of like a who's the safest choice, who just does the job. Right. Um, Interesting. I think with commercials, they're they're almost more open to like, oh, that was fun. I never we never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you know, like the. The penguin, like the bees thing. It was like, I remember like just being like, ah, bees, but like adding in like something. And they were like, oh, yeah, sure. Also, it's just easier. It's just easier acting. Mm. Do you still do Porter's commercials? On not acting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll always do. Com- I, I I mean, at some point, I hope my career, I'm like more get to. But like right now, I'm like, yeah, I just did a commercial a month ago. Fun the commercial. Not let's say. Oh, that's right. Okay. Never okay, Mr. They're, NDA. They're real, they're real strict about that. Um. All right. So you're so you do lots of commercials, and then uh, t- when did Crazy X come in to the picture? Crazy X Girlfriend. Right. So I'm uh, I'm at and so first off, back at NYU, meet a girl named Rachel Bloom. We start doing uh, 
we were in Hammercats, which is the NYU sketch group together. Mm-hmm. And the both of us kind of share one. She's just a wonderful human. We are, we become friends, but two, we both have kind of the same attitude of like, I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it. Like that's a, to, to this day. I'm like, for the most, like as long as it's nothing crazy, I'm like, if I got a free day and you need something, like I'll do it. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so we both liked putting on silly, stupid shows. And so I would always be in stuff she was in. She was always in stuff I'm in. This is carried on through our entire lives. Cut to Rachel Bloom sells a TV show called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Gets picked up to series on CW. Uh, I'm not in in any way. Obviously, she has to cast real actors with credits. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she's like the best. And she's like, you know, hopeful at some point she can just get me like a credit. Mm-hmm. And so, like, halfway through season one, I go in for, like, one-line role that was, like, guy from high – it was, like, a quick, like, guy from high school who – that was it. That was all it was. Uh-huh. Didn't book it. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> not a – I'm not good. Was so, that, like, during a musical, you say that? During a musical number? Yeah, it was, like, during a musical. Right. It was a one-line part. She's, like, just trying to get it for me. Can't book it. <laughs> A couple episodes later, a literal easier role now. Now it is just one line and it's a dancing lawyer. Mm. All I have to do is dance in the background of a lawyer. I don't even have a name. I'm literally dancing lawyer number one. When I go into audition for that role, the casting director, Felicia Fasano, who's the best, is like, hey, you've been here before. You're funny. Could you go read for this other role? Oh, how, how fortuitous incredibly incredibly lucky she hands me this role for this character george who has three lines mm-hmm. so we've, we're, we're bigger <laughs> three lines guy in an office just like says like she's here it's all i said i book that one nice and literally showed up rachel just saw my name and said yes because i was the pick so uh-huh. she didn't even notice they flipped me and she was like i remember she was like bummed when i showed up sex she was like i wanted you to be a dancing lawyer <laughs> i was like i don't know this guy and i'm like she's like oh she's like Oh, but I guess you're in the office. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I guess those characters in the office. She's like, huh, okay. And like, we just sort of leave it there. Season one ends. Season two starts. And like halfway through season two, they're like, hey, they want to bring you back. In mm. like this part where I like had it set a couple lines in a couple episodes and then I get fired. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's the end. What a run. What a journey. <laughs> Pretty incredible. Now I've recurred on a TV show. Yeah. What a run. They fire me. Then they're like, hey, we're going to actually rehire the character. I get rehired the next episode. Then they're like, Pretty funny, actually. We're going to fire the character again. That becomes the bit of the character. Mm-hmm. Every time I'm fired from the show, I genuinely believe I'm being fired. It was like, truly as an actor. It was actually really nice because I really had these, like, I think seven different times on that set, I was like, This is the last time. What a run. What a run we had. <laughs> like, I really like took it in. I was like, wow. To be a part of this, this this talented people, they all know my name. Unbelievable. Then I'd come back two episodes later. I'd be like, fired again. Like, okay. What a, what a run, huh? <laughs> Got a bit on a TV show. And then, like, start of season three, they really paired me and Scott Michael Foster off. And I remember being like, oh, I think I'm here. And then I just got to ride it out. But that's how it happened. It was Rachel and then Luck. Felicia yeah. kind of, like, pulled me into that other role. That's really cool. So... When she found out that you were playing George and was like, huh, 
was that a huh of like, oh, I can bring this character back? Like initially, was that character just supposed to be the three lines? Yeah, it was just supposed to be three lines. That was it. Um, but it was like, it was just one of these things where she was like, huh? But you know, I would oh again, I'm a, I'm a, I'll do it, guy. So you know, throughout the time, like she's doing sometimes like live shows, and I would do stand up on them. So mm. you know, the writers and, and creators kind of saw me, and they knew I was like funny because of stand up because i'm getting good at that point and so they were just like away it was just and then i i'll never know what actually made them bring me back probably rachel if we're gonna i'm assume it was her being like what about danny mm-hmm. but then at a certain point like the writers really jumped on board with the character and it like worked out i like to think i was like you know did a good job and was if nothing else like a good a good quiet guy on set who was you know pleasant to be around and it just happened and then i all of a sudden i was like a part of this thing but it was crazy. I remember getting like the email being like, they want to bring you back for Crazy X. And I was like, what? Yeah. Bring George back? <laughs> <laughs> um, I've had Esther on my show a number of times. The and best. she, I remember, spoke very, very positively about how that show was run. And just the experience of being on set on that show. I get, it's like without getting emotional, I cannot stress enough what an incredible experience that show was front to back. Like it was just the best. Everybody on that show to this day, we are all friends. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing Scott later tonight. I'm going to go see him outdoor at his backyard. Like we are friends. I'm obviously still friends with Rachel. I'm friends with on the cast. I text with almost everyone on the cast. Um, It's so rare in Hollywood to have that kind of work environment. Mm-hmm. better yet to be part of a show that is actually good and you're like r- truly proud of what you're doing better yet to like have to get to do musical theater which is like so unique and it's winning awards and like and then for me to like go from you know i mean i don't know how to go to recurring on a tv show like that with no real credits before you know a couple but like doing online sketch comedy uh it was uh it was just wild and and then you get to do these we got to do these like tours and these live shows and um i remember pete gardner said something at the end where he was like it's he was like really about like appreciating the moment he was like it's very rare that your reality exceeds your dreams oh and it like really was with that i know such a beautiful thing to say and it was like it was true with that show it's like jeez it's just i couldn't have dreamed that positive an experience yeah for your first show um it's unbelievable i've also had Catherine burns on the show the, the greatest choreographer on the yeah planet. what did you have experience dancing and or like learning choreography before you know it's like yes and no right it's like i did i went to nyu for theater I did musical theater there. I consider myself a pretty good singer. Mm-hmm. You know, I can hold a tune. You know, you give me the notes, I can handle it. Uh, dance wise, same thing. I took two years of dance in college. Took you know semester ballet, semester tap. Like you know, so I, I, I'm not just some schmo. <laughs> but uh, then you go on Crazy X, and everybody there is a Broadway level talent, mm-hmm. and I was cartoonishly terrible. In comparison, <laughs> it was brutal. But Cat Burn, but again, Cat Burns is the best. Mm-hmm. So Cat Burns was just like, 
would just figure it out with me and like you know i worked really hard to make up for it but like also i mean she would literally there would be like moves where she'd be like i'd be like this i was supposed to do this and i'd be like this <laughs> she'd be like is that feel better for you and i was like i guess this is the only i don't know how to get my body to do that she'd be like great it's that and she would just change the dance if you needed it oh that's so great she was the best yeah so i like very much but it was like very much like it's also like you just had to get it right a couple you just had to you just had to get it right on on camera mm-hmm. and and so often like the big group numbers were honestly the harder ones when it was just you was better when it was those group numbers Whew. were you sad i would just <clears throat> were you sad when the show ended i was oh i cried yeah i cr- cr- it was the best it was truly the best experience and like I don't know if I'll, I mean, I hope I'm a part of more and more things that are as positive as that. But like, you know, I know so many people on TV shows who are like, well, our lead is a nightmare. And mm-hmm. this guy's over here. And it was like to be on a show where it was like, I mean, you'd have to work so hard to find stuff to complain about on that set. It was just like such a sweet group. Do you think best. if you felt that it was such a sweet group and there was no nightmares, that means you were the nightmare? <laughs> It's an interesting thought. <laughs> Never thought of it before, but it's an interesting point. I'm just saying. Were, were they all talking about me behind my back? That's right. a good point. I don't know. I've I had because be I've had Rachel Bloom ornery. on the show too. So I've had Rachel, Kat, and Esther. So really, what if I'm sitting here with knowledge? Hmm. You you might know. I listen. I have been waiting for years to find out <laughs> if everybody secretly hates me. That's always been my assumption: is that everybody is secretly talking about how horrible I am. Mm-hmm. So it would bring me nothing but confirmation of years of of me walking off that set being like, <laughs> I, I, they hate me. Um, so I get it. Um, no, it actually sounds like the rare set where there was no asshole. But wait, I know you were kind of joking, but is, the, is there an element of truth in that, that you actually walk around thinking everyone hates you? Hate strong. But I do think that people... Uh, yeah, your assumption is the second you leave the room. My assumption is always second I leave the room. People are like laughing at me or being like, because uh, I was such a loser as a kid mm. that I think you always kind of carry that with you. And not in like a, not in like a, it, it's not something that keeps me up at night, but like it's something I do. Th- it's like I definitely know that feeling of like, oh, those kids are laughing at me over mm-hmm. there. It's at me. They're laughing at me. They're laughing at me. Yeah. I was in Peter. Pan, I was I was Peter Pan in in high school, uh, in the play. I was in a play of Peter Pan. I played Peter Pan, and my sophomore year, and I remember being like, "Well, this is gonna be cool. I'm the right. lead as a sophomore." Yeah, <laughs> these kids might not like me now, but wait until they see me as Peter Pan. Yeah, and then I remember we would do this big Friday preview for the school. It was the only time really kids went to the to the plays was over this Friday preview because they got out of class, and so. I remember this, like, the theater's full. We're going to do, like, the first 10 minutes of the play for them because it's preview. And I was like, everyone's about to see how cool I am. It's about to be so cool. <laughs> and I remember, like, literally as the curtains start to open, I was like, I'm in tights. <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> and then it was just like, I just remember the curtain opening and just a roar of laughter. Oh, gosh. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, that's not good. It was tough. Mm. But we learned. We grew. We're better yeah. now. I don't carry it as a grudge. I, there's a lot of people who were bullied as kids who so they like make it their adult persona. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, relax. 
you're you're mad at a child right i feel like more people need to be reminded of that when they're like and i'm gonna show those bullies and i'm like hey you're mad at a 13 year old girl Mm -hmm. like relax she was also going through stuff right now you're bullying them as an adult i hung on to it for well i didn't i wasn't it wasn't an extended period of time that I was bullied, but there was a couple months in seventh grade where I became like the social outcast. And these girls were just fucking vicious to me. And I would go home in tears every day. And like in my mind, it was the entire year, but it really started in May. And this, you know, we only went to June. Um, but I feel like you're, I feel like, I feel like you'd be pretty cool on the whole. Thank you. These people didn't think so. You know, Thank you very much. But but, but just for those couple months, right? Because then I feel like you probably held like a decent social standing. Nobody thinks they were the top, but like you were, you hovered in like a nice area. I, I did until that happened. So I went to a a small school and really there were like two groups. There was the co-ed popular group and then there were the more scholastic, less popular kids of Mm -hmm. which i was one of them but i had like a i never worried about my social standing i had a pretty strong social standing in the 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 nerds um and then all of a sudden in seventh grade it just like suddenly i had no they were they were ditching me i had no friends i was alienated i had no one to hang out right it's that feeling it's that feeling that sticks to you the feeling of being ditched where you're like Oh, there we all. Friends. There was a plan yeah. around not me being here. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but I did hang on to that for a like because you what you're saying about not holding a grudge. I hung on to that for a while. I mean, I remember in eighth grade. So now we're back and everything's ostensibly back to normal. But I'm not going to forgive and I'm not going to forget. And I remember one of the girls who had turned on me, being like, "Oh, hi, Allison," and I just like, I I think I just like. I don't know. I, I might have gone like, hey, like my jaw barely moved. I was like, hi. And I just kept walking or I didn't even acknowledge her. I was like so pissed and so like, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm fool, fool me once. Um, Good I'm like you. Bush trying to remember that phrase and messing it up. I could have said it if I wanted to. <laughs> fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. <laughs> but anyway um yeah and then i think i hung on to it but but anyway long story short now it has dissipated i don't still feel it and many of these people although do i not still feel if i have to point this out have requested my friendship on facebook and i let them be my friend that's how over it i am (laughs) (laughs) it's good i i remember the day there was like one girl who was like particularly atrocious rough on me yeah yeah she's she's pretty mean and this was like, I just remember she friended me on Facebook and she messaged me and she was like, hey, I just want to say like, seems like you're doing great. Really proud of you. You know, you know she's in a just great job. Like she said it in, in her name. And I was like, you son of a, this is a time to show. And I just remember being like, I remember clicking on her profile and she's like a teacher mm-hmm. now. She's a kid. She seems like she's just living a nice, happy life. And I was like, what are we mad at here? Right. She she doesn't even clearly remember how mean she was. Clearly in her mind, it was like, not that. Mm-hmm. I obviously remember it my way. 
what are we holding on to here? And I remember like that was like, because I sort of said like, I'll do it. But I remember that was big. I like wrote it back being like, just not mission, just being like, hey, so, so glad. I hope you're doing well too. And I was like, well, that was it. And that was like the day I kind of let it all go. Yeah, that's amazing that just that gesture was allowed you to free yourself of a lot of that. I think it was just like, I think it was just looking at that profile and being like, oh, it's an adult mm-hmm. woman who is teaching children a far more noble job than I have. And she is uh, seemingly a good human. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm mad at the 13-year-old version of this girl. Right. Right. <laughs> this is crazy. This is crazy. Yeah. We got to let this go. Here's a factoid. And I'm wondering if it's going to boggle your mind in the same way it boggles mine. Boggles is not the right word. Um, baffles. I don't know. Okay. So... Given my experience, I have held on to this belief that the good people had the experiences we did. And those who were popular in grade school, they're like, that's their peak. And then life just shits on them. And it thus it all works out somehow, you know, and the meek shall inherit the earth, etc. So years ago, when I found out that Meryl Streep had been homecoming queen, I was like, what? But it's not supposed (laughs) to work that way. How can someone who was so popular in high school go on to have such a celebrated life? What is happening? There's been a glitch. Mm -hmm. Do you know Paul Rust? He, yeah. yeah, he's great, right? He was the best. I did an episode of Love. Oh, uh, who did you play? Got cut, classic. Okay. I got cut. Don't got worry it. about it. Uh, <laughs> like I said, sometimes not the best actor. Uh, but it was, um, but I did an episode and he was so ridiculously nice to yes. be on set. And it was a great day. I will say it was like the best day to be on a set because it was just me, uh, Gillian, and him. Mm-hmm. So it was like very. It was just the three. I just it was a it was a me as a janitor, and Gillian got in a fight, and it was like great scene. And I remember, but I also remember as a writer reading the episode and being like, I'd cut this. Mm. There's just no reason for it. It's just a scene, right? Like it doesn't add anything. Yeah. So I was like, oh, if this episode goes over by a minute, I'm out. And I yeah. and I agree with them, <laughs> and they did. I I remember literally being like, I agree with them. I cut me, yeah, um, and they did. But he was so nice to me on that. He's set. I mean, so and it was like still early in my acting. I yeah, being like thank you for being this way. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. Very funny. Very creative. Tony actually plays drums in his band, as well as other bands. Oh, are you? You're in. Um, what's the name of that band? Don't stop or we'll die. Dude, don't stop, we'll die. You guys have a, and now I'm going to do it again. Uh, uh, you have that. You have a song I listen to constantly. I think it is such a good song. Uh, uh, stay for uh, stay for a while. Uh, once in a while. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, I, I will. Yeah, I. I actually. I have come to the band a little later because Harris Whittles was their drummer for a long time and then he passed away mm-hmm. several years ago and then I've been playing with them since then. So that that's pre-me, but I that, I agree with you. Even bef- I was a fan before I joined the band and yeah, that's a yeah. great song. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. When Daniel, my husband, and I began dating, he would always sing Got a Curly Perm for my camping trip. <laughs> 
which is also a Don't Stop or Will Die song. But anyway, back to Paul Rust. But he's like a dorky, I mean, handsome, but like a dorky looking guy, right? You know, like, sure. yes, I, don't I don't know how to say that in a way that doesn't. What would you say? I said, I don't think you're talking out of turn here. Yeah. I trust me. If, if you're like me, and so Paul, I, Paul and I imagine get the same castings all the time, which is like, you know, buddy, you know, they they want to see you for this role, and it's like loser. Absolutely, <laughs> no girl would ever want to touch him. And you're like, <laughs> cool. So I'm sure he's a, I'm sure he's aware of his general look. So, but so charming, so charismatic, you know, and handsome. The best. Okay. So here's the thing, Tony, you know where I'm going with this, don't you? Because mm-hmm. I keep bringing it up. I think he was homecoming king or prom king or something yeah, he, like that. Yeah. Was it homecoming well, or prom? But I'm yeah, not but sure, but it was, it was one, one of those. Of those. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, what the fuck? Here's what you're forgetting, though. I, one, he's probably a super funny guy because he's genuinely funny. Yeah. I'm yeah, but- like, I'm stand up funny. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, I'm like, let me write and rant and like, I, I can do this craft, but I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not like funny at a party. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm fine at a party, but I'm not funny at a party. Paul's like fun at a party. So yeah. it's like, I imagine he's just like, I imagine he killed it. But I will say, I won class vice president hmm. and the freshman year, ironically. I was voted in ironically by the because it was like, like me and one other person. Like were, let's vote in a, a loser. Yeah, just kind of like yeah, let's put it because I was known because I was trying to be cool. So I was very loud. I was like kind of always trying to like fit in. Okay. So I think it like kind of I, I was one of those. I was one of those like would not accept being a loser, which is of course the most loser thing you can do. And so uh, <laughs> I was too. Yeah. But then I. It's the worst kind. It's just horrible. And it's like, and everybody's like, I was a loser and a proud. Of, that's like the big thing here in Hollywood. I'm always like, I wasn't. I no, really I fought. wanted, I, I really wanted fighting. To be, yeah, I, yeah, I really wanted to be cool. If I, I had really been a loser who fighting. accepted being a loser, then I would have been cool. Because it's cool. I know. It's you cool live to in that, be okay. That, yeah. I know. It's that middle ground. And that's where I lived. But they voted me in ironically. But then I genuinely had to hang out with the cool kids because we mm. were on the SGA together. And that was like, huge that that really turned it around as far as like the bullying went like high school was much better than middle school elementary school for me because i was in that i was like in sga basically the whole time and like i mean there's this one kid like it's so funny like to be clear i was never invited to one party my entire time in high school but this like kid jason who was like the one of the coolest kids i remember he just like we ran for that office together and like and then he was president. I was vice president. And he just like – just was nice to me. He was one of the coolest kids and he was just very nice to me. And I remember how much it changed my life. And I'm sure he could literally not remember this at all and or be like, oh, yeah, I was just like your friend. But to me at the time, I was like, dude, you saved – he saved my 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 school life, that kid. Well, he sounds great. Jason is his name? Jason. And by the way – because this is something you were saying earlier where you're like, you're like the cool kids are supposed to become like their lives. That's supposed to be the peak of their life. Yeah. I got to tell you, at least for my school, the cool kids killing life. Yeah. I don't. A lot don't of them doing great. Like that. I don't. I mean, it's fine for Jason because he was nice. But in general, <laughs> I feel oh. that that is uh, a betrayal of, of the promise that I thought 
life was making with me. No, nah, it turns out they're uh, they're doing great. Yeah, I don't a lot know. of them. I look at all times like the cool kids being like, "How's this person doing?" And I'm like, "Well, wow, seems like they're at, like a really good position. They just bought a house and it's like really big." I'm like, "Well." Damn. With the ones I know, I'm always like, oh, she went to Stanford? What? I'm always... I know, right? Yeah. Or like, oh, she went to Princeton and now she's a, she's a professor? What is going on? I feel that... I know. It's... It, mm-hmm. I think I've, I think I I've misunderstood exact thing. something along the way. Here's the deal. So let's do, hey, go fuck yourself. So, Danny, is there someone yeah. that you need to give the business to? Yeah, and this yes, I'll tell you exactly who it is because I haven't been able to comment on it because my special came out and I've had to promote. But I, if I wasn't, I would say this: Hey, go fuck yourself. The cinnamon toast shrimp guy. Oh, <laughs> I gotta tell you, I am so tired of this tattletaling on social media that keeps happening on companies. It's like clearly assuming he isn't lying which I do hear could be true. But assuming he isn't lying, clearly this wasn't a plot against you. Mm. Clearly Cinnamon Toast Crunch, a cereal that has gotten us through our childhoods, <laughs> that has been good to us, that has saved many a morning for you and I, is not trying to hurt this man. Mm. Clearly something went wrong. One of their packaging units got it. I'm not saying you shouldn't send them a complaint. But to just humil- to, to try to humiliate them online then mock every response they gave where they obviously were like this is a pr nightmare because of you Mm. so they're like hey we're it seems crazy there's shrimp in there like can we like see what's going on in there he's like look at them trying to trying to solve it's like hey man it's a company they're trying their best this company has given us nothing but joy so how about we all calm it down and not call people out publicly so so then you have to go hey cinnamon toast shrimp guy and then tony plays something Oh, sorry. I didn't do no, it. No, that's right. okay. I just went off. No, that's good. It was Here good. Go. It was good. This, I, this is not to replace what you did. This is just a <laughs> coda to your epic. So sorry. Hey, no, please. No more apologies. I'm going to do it right. Ready? Okay. Hey, Cinnamon Toast Shrimp Guy, go fuck yourself. <laughs> well... Now you play it. Okay, okay. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. I you went off sorry. without a hitch. You can you can yeah, you can blame me on that too. I, I thought there was gonna be a pause and then I was just gonna play the sorry. Well that's how we do it did in I the past. Pause? What did I well, do? What did I do wrong? I thought I did it right. What, what did I do wrong? Okay. I'll do this it. This is it is tough to come in if you don't. I'm a good actor, I take notes. It. You tell no, me. It's you're you're fine. In the past but I, but mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's no way I can expect anyone to know this without me actually telling them. So what kind of sick game am I playing, Tony? In the past, the way we would do it is, Danny, you would go, hey, cinnamon toast crunch shrimp guy or whatever we're going to call him. And then you pause and then Tony plays the drop. But you Got said, it. hey, go fuck no, yourself. No, let me do it. Let me do it again. I'll okay. do it again. I'll do it again. Okay. Hey. Cinnamon Toast Shrimp Guy? Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. Yeah, that felt good. <laughs> Did but, that feel good? Was that the way I was supposed to do it? And that felt good, but they, but I mean, they okay. all felt good. Here, So here's the weird thing with that guy. His name is Jensen Carp. Tony, do you know him? 
I have met him. I do not know him. Um, I don't know him at all. I never heard of this man until this. He's so, someone that I had. I, I have a lot of people that do know him in my life, and I feel like I've heard, I had over, not to the extent what's coming out now, but I've always kind of heard uh, not the best things. So I have had him on my show a number of times, um, or maybe like four times. He was a Monday show guest, and then he was on a Thursday show three times. And I always thought he's like nice and funny, and um, that was that was. And I've been on his podcast, uh, uh, his former podcast, a couple of times. He then was on Kevin and Bean with Ali and and um, Bean, and um, and I kept in touch with him a little bit, and that was it. And then I saw the shrimp tails in his cinnamon toast crunch, and I thought that was disgusting. And then mm-hmm. you know. More, there was also rat poop in the cinnamon toast crunch and like various other things that it looked like looks like a rat was collecting to build a nest and the whole thing was horrifying and so then i posted like all these stories started coming it was surprising the coverage this got it was like in the new york times and the la times and then i'm like hey if we're all jumping on shrimp tails bandwagon Perhaps someone would like to hear my episodes with him if they want to know more. Because also he's married to Danielle <laughs> Fischel, who played uh-huh. Topanga in Boy Meets so World. Heard. It's a real celebrity. It's a real, you know, celebrity duo. So Is there I, anything more Hollywood than that? I don't think so. I don't think so. So I Is there anything yeah. And by the way, <laughs> I saw her in person when I did his show one time, and her hair is amazing she just has it's so thick she has so much hair uh it's crazy so um i tweeted like i had cinnamon toast trending topic on my podcast perhaps you'd like to hear it and i like laid out all the episodes someone wrote back and was like wow this seems thirsty and i'm like yes it is i know i didn't respond to that but i i they had like no followers but i agreed with the sentiment which is why i'm sharing it here but anyway then someone was like i'm starting to hear bad stuff about this guy and i was like what (laughs) so i didn't realize there's a real backlash against him of of women saying that like they had dated him and he was manipulative and narcissistic and gaslighting and just all this mm-hmm. stuff which i had no idea about so now i'm like huh that's my final thought about that is huh i didn't know yeah and you know what's interesting is that stuff is terrible obviously but my issue with him came prior to that backlash yeah i had backlash the second i saw the first post or i because i was like Hey, clear. How many? T- hey, hey, what's his name? Jensen. Jensen. How many times have you had cereal toast crunch, cinnamon toast crunch in your life? Probably a has lot. Has ever been a problem before? He said it's his has favorite. Has this ever been an issue? Have they right. ever let you down once in your life? Has a has a bowl of cinnamon toast crunch ever let you down one time? Or has it not delivered happiness and joy into your life literally every single time, except for this one box, this one time? So can do we have to call it out publicly? Right. Do we have to drag every company for every issue? I don't get it. Mm, interesting. Have you ever publicly dragged a company? I do it out of pure necessity. Because every now and then you can't get through the helpline. Right. 
and you know this as well as I do, if I tweet about it, I'll get help. Mm -hmm. So on occasion, I will be like, hey, ah, blah, blah, blah. what is this, blah, blah, blah. But always with the intention of the second they reply, tweet me and go, oh, my God, we're so sorry. We've never, what? We've yeah. never had a, I take it down. It's just to get their attention because sometimes I'm literally unable to get a hold of them. Right. Hey, Adafruit, why is there a shrimp in my solo cup? Nobody would ever say such a thing because I would never let a shrimp get into one of those, <laughs> cu- those cups. Yeah, I would I, have been careful. I have done that. Um, but I always tweet directly at them. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I tweeted Amer- I, American Airlines because I had a, an issue with them one time. And, and it did get resolved because I had done that. It gets resolved immediately. That's yeah. the problem. Right. The problem is they'll just resolve it so quickly if you just do that. And so it's so tough because I agree. I've done the exact same thing. Yeah, and I hate myself when I do it, but I'm like, at blah blah blah, you're being bad, you did bad, <laughs> and then I tweet it, and and immediately they're like, oh my god, we're so sorry. Yeah, and I'm like, that's mm. what happens. Danny, we are yes. basically at the end of the show, and we didn't even talk about your your special, which is so good. Let's just real quick. So it's called six parts. You recorded it in six different locations. Where did you get that idea? So I do. Um, so it was it was a double whammy. I knew I wanted to do six sections for a special. That was like initially a big part of it because I was like, I headline a decent amount on the road. But the other day, most of my act has been built in 10-minute sets around town. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I really have like some 10-minute sets that are like, they flow perfectly. They tell a story versus an hour where it's like kind of you know we shift and so i was like i'd love to do it in six parts i do a ton of this company called don't tell comedy which does a ton of shows sort of the so far sounds of comedy is the best way i can describe them but they just like they do basically comedy anywhere but a comedy club and i told uh kyle the owner about the idea and he was like i would do that you know like we don't have a budget we don't, we don't have a ton of money but like we can try to film six shows at six different venues. And we were like, all right, let's do it. And we did it for so little money. And it was an insane idea, but we did it. We pulled it off. It works really well. Thank you. I think it's really fun. And I think it switches it up. And I do think like, you know, it's cool also because you have like people always, when I talk about it, people always are talking about the venues, which are really interesting, but the crowd sizes change. Mm Mm-hmm. The art gallery probably only had like 20, 25 people there and versus the like gym and comedy club, which probably had like a hundred at each. Right. You know, hundred, you know, even more. It was like, those were packed. And then he's like, these other ones are smaller, but they all work and they feel different. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I liked, I just, I just knew I wanted six chunks and right. then we really figured out this like different places thing. Right. Well, I hope everyone goes and watches it. Um, I re- I yep. laughed out loud. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. I really hope everyone like my thing because we could have put it on like a streamer uh, of various kinds, mm-hmm. and like it could have just lived there and nobody would have watched it. But we all would have been like, "Way to go, Danny!" And which is, I think, the move these days with specials is like you just put it somewhere, and then everyone's like, "You did it!" <laughs> and I was like, you know, like, because no one knows. No one knows the view count on mm-hmm. those other things. And I was like, I really believe in this special and I just want people to see it. So I put it out there for free. I'll never make a dollar, basically, off this thing, no matter what happens. 
but it would mean the world to me if people checked it, it just gave it a shot because I really think you'll enjoy it. I'll link to it in the notes of this episode, but where can people get it? Tell people where to find it. Just YouTube, Danny Jollis, six parts. And you will get there easily. It's in my bio on Instagram, Twitter and Instagram, obviously, and all that. But like literally just my name, six parts on on YouTube, you will get there. Wonderful. And do you want to uh, plug anything else, your social media or website or anything? Sure. I'll do I'll do I'll do my my usual. So first off, at Danny Jollis on all social media, J-O-L-L-E-S. Always appreciate a follow. Please go check out the special is my biggest plea. That's certainly my top one. Um, and then my last thing to everybody, I, I say this on every podcast I do, but uh, stand up comedy is like hockey. It is uh, very fun to watch on TV, but it is just a different experience live. It's just a different. It's it's so much better than you think it is. So many people just consume stand up comedy uh, through TV; they never see it live. And so I always tell everyone, just please, based on what you feel comfortable with, go to your local comedy club, go to your local outdoor show, wait a little bit. But when you can, just go and see live stand up comedy. There is great live stand up comedy happening near you right now. Don't worry about who's there. Just go and see live stand-up comedy. You'll have the best night of your life. That's it. There you go. And um, before you head out the door, don't forget to please review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Um, If you like what you're hearing, five stars, please. It helps out the show. It helps people find the show. If you enjoy what you're hearing, tell your friends. That helps people find the show too. Um, Please rate, review, subscribe, or I guess now follow is the word. And if I may add... You know, I, I've had to, you know, you and I have only met one time really right. bef- before all this. And, you know, releasing a special on YouTube is very scary and you're nervous about how people see it. And uh, I reached out to many people at podcasts, people I know very well who never got back to me, some of them. And then some were so quick. And uh, Allison was so immediate, uh, immediately said yes and sh- a course and like figured it out and, I cannot tell you how much it means. So I, to everybody listening to this, you are listening to a really wonderful person who oh. really helped me out. So please make sure to rate and subscribe because it really, I, I cannot thank them enough for having me on. That's so nice. Thank you. But yeah, he's right. Do, do, <laughs> do all of that. Um, also, I am on Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen, Zoom parties, bonus episodes, behind the scenes content, so much access to me. You'll beg me to leave you alone. Gossip innuendo rumors names ask me anything i'll answer it on there dishwashers dishwashers <laughs> you want to know the brands of the dishwashers i'm not gonna buy <laughs> that's what you got a patreon <laughs> for i'm also on cameo um i already mentioned i'm on youtube as well please follow me on uh social media at allison rosen on twitter and instagram <sighs> you know i recently heard that like you shouldn't flood your listeners with like you should just do like one or two call to actions. And I just gave you guys like 13, but that's because I know you can handle it. Tony, where do we find you? I am at Tony Thaxton on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, my podcast, Bizarre Albums, every Tuesday. And uh, the aforementioned Don't Stop or We'll Die is going to do another live stream on Twitch on April 8th. Uh, time Ooh. TBA. But yeah, that'll be on Twitch April 8th. Wonderful. I think I'm going to get on Twitch one of these days. I don't know what day it's going to be, though. Well, you let us know. <laughs> I'll let you, you know. Add that to your plethora of plugs. That's right. So I'm gonna, you know, it's like sweaters. I'm going to have to get rid of one to add in another one. Which one should I drop, you guys? I'm going to let you vote. Um, thank you again, Danny. It was so nice having you on the show. 
Listeners, thank you for listening. You matter. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? 